Looking into the Gospel according to St. Mark, chapter 12, we'll read verses 32 through 37. Mark 12, 32. And the scribe said unto him, Well, Master, thou hast said the truth, for there is one God, and there is none other but he. And to love him with all the heart, and with all the understanding, and with all the soul, and with all the strength, and to love his neighbor as himself, is more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that he answered discreetly, he said unto him, Thou art not far from the kingdom of God. And no man after that durst ask him any question. And Jesus answered and said, while he taught in the temple, how may the scribes, how say the scribes and that Christ is the son of David? But David himself said by the Holy Ghost, the Lord said to my Lord, sit thou on my right hand till I make thine enemies thy footstool. David therefore himself calleth him Lord. And whence is he then his son? And the common people heard him gladly. This is a, these scriptures, even prior to the ones we just read, there was a lot going on. Christ was proclaiming words of life. There was discussions. There was thinking going on among those that listened to him. And the crowd was quite varied and that were listening to him. But I'd like to reread the end, the last, the last portion of the 37th verse. And the common people heard him gladly. That is not an insignificant statement at all. In fact, if one ponders that for very long, a common question you might come up with, a, com a question would be, uh, Am I common enough to hear the Lord? And better yet, am I common enough to hear the Lord gladly? So that's pretty powerful. We could go through, we could, uh, when we think of the word common, we could easily have one or two main things go through our mind. But common has a lot of meaning. Some of them are. Talking about most occurring things, like the most occur occurring things to be found, to be done often, uh, prevalent. Common might be concerned, has to do with an, an, uh, some open land for public use. Common ground. Subject matter might be a subject matter that many people can easily agree on. It could be something that the way things are usually done, the way you run a church service, kind of a usual way that you expect it to be done. Most ordinary, yet can be, we can think of ordinary, yet it can also have to do with the real thing. It can go from one, one end of the spectrum to the other. 
a real thing, such as a product made, a precious material, versus something that looks alike. Fool's gold. Well, it's bright, it's shiny, it's not the real thing. And you know there's only one kind of gold. Common gold. It's the common gold. There's not variations of it. It may not sparkle as much as something made to look like it or catch one's attention, but it's gold, and it does everything gold does. If I'm looking for gold, I want common gold, plain old gold. There's nothing else. It's just the real thing. It's, it's gold. You can call it common gold. It's... Uh, can be one and only. I've noticed even regarding rare birds, you have to read uh, uh, names of birds, and then something of the most rare, hard to find, would be common such and such. And I thought, why did they put that word in there? And that's the most difficult bird to find that everyone's looking for. But it's the real thing, I suppose. Uh, so... We might think of lowly, but yet, when you think of Christ, he was anything but lowly, though he came lowly. He's the son of God. He's a creator. He's the savior of our soul. Yet he came to earth to be among man, and he made himself approachable. I guess... You could even call something approachable. Well, they're kind of common. That's what makes them feel approachable. So that com- that word common can go all over the map. So uh, there uh, uh, many times the Lord would use things, earthly things, everyday things, I call them common, you would call them something else, but they use many everyday things. One time he was watching with his disciples, they were at the temple and watching people, all kinds of people, of every level of, of, of wealth, were throwing in to the coffers of the Lord. And then there was a widow woman that only had two mites. And she threw the two mites in and... So she said, I want you to notice this. Insignificant, all the others, I want you to notice this one. Well, there was an awfully lot of everyday, down-to-earth things that there was a whole lot of represented in, in this woman. She was poor. That's pretty usual. More than we want. There was loss. She was a widow. She lost her husband. There was grief. There were difficulties going on. Pretty everyday stuff that really there's far too much of. We have all around us. But the Lord chose those things and said, I want you to notice this widow woman. She's put in all that she has compared to what everyone else has put in in their percentage. So the Lord's using these 
everyday things to bring truths of the gospel to those that were following him so they would get it. And they would get the point. She threw in more than they all. We read of the Seraphonician woman. Now that woman was so ordinary. She was a Gentile. She didn't have much flair going on. People to notice her, but she called out to the Lord and said, Lord, would you heal my daughter, this vex of an evil spirit? The Lord heard her, though that was, we, this is quite a, uh, a basic story. And up front, the Lord, uh, it would seem like he treated her roughly. She was a Gentile. The Lord is teaching his disciples the truths of the gospel to preach to the world. And if they don't get it, the world is not going to hear it. To know how they will accept hearing the words of the Lord. So the Lord trusted that woman to push it so far for her to, him even to, because the disciples were, gent, of course, uh, they were Jews and the Lord's teaching them and so rightfully so they think, yeah, she's just a Gentile, so she's just kind of, we don't have time for her. So he kind of let that go to an extent, but the Lord was trusting this woman to hold on until the Lord could bring it to, it could go to a point that the Lord could teach his disciples what faith really is all about. And so, and so the, the discourse goes on to where he even said, uh, it's not me to take the children's bread and cast them to the dogs. But then she said this incredible statement of faith, of simple, basic, common. Let's call it common. That's common faith. That's the real thing. And he got it down to the real thing. And said, yes, Lord, but the dogs eat from the crumbs of all the dogs under the table eat from the crumbs of the children's crumbs that fall to the floor. And she, she says, marveled. He marveled at her faith and said, daughter, thy, 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 thy daughter is healed. Woman, thy daughter is healed this very instant. He was trusting this woman using everyday things to bring the truths of this common, glorious faith of the gospel. We never know where common might be found regarding the kind of common in this, in this verse. Second Corinthians 1.27, as the Lord, we were just discussing, the Lord, uh, states this, for God has chosen, had chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things that are mighty. I wonder what common, what gospel, common gospel would be found among the example the Lord used when he talked about the publican and the Pharisee that went into the temple to pray. Well, we might think, well, one's rich. Uh, the other one is has uh, has education and status and honor. The Pharisee was respected, had education, 
The publican was not very respected, but he had wealth. He had more wealth, I'm sure, by far than the Pharisee did. But here they're both in the temple to pray. And so you have title versus wealth. But as they began to pray and the Pharisee begins to pray with himself, about how great he was, and then the publican of all things that was so used to conniving and deceiving people and taking more, extracting far more from them than he should. This kind of man repented. He said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Smote on his breast, and he went to his house justified. There was some common faith there. Basic gospel stuff there. Found in that publican. Rich young ruler came along to the Lord and said, you probably was a well-respected young man. And he's a very upright young man. said, Lord, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And the Lord began to tell him some of the, the, uh, the commandments. And of all things, the commandments he even used, you're going, whoa, whoa, okay. But this young man said, I've done these from my youth. We're on the right track. Things are looking good. He's hearing the Lord. Sounded great. And then the Lord said, one thing you lack. Is he still hearing? Was? Well, yes and no, I guess. And so he said, sell what you have, give to the poor. Come and follow me. God had a plan for that young man. In fact, I've heard some veteran gospels, uh, some veterans of the gospel preaches, and the end, uh, the speculation would be, who knows what God had in mind to say, come and follow me. He didn't give everyone a message, an invitation just like that one. To come and follow me. His disciples were following him. What did he have planned for that young man? But as soon as he heard that, he went away sorrowful. But we went gladly. He heard the Lord. He heard him up to a point. The Lord kept speaking, but he seemed to not hear the Lord anymore in the same way. And so when he heard that, he went away sorrowful. But we want to hear the Lord gladly. Many people can hear the Lord. But what the trick is, is, the point is we want to hear the Lord gladly. Paul Paul was way up there, Saul of Tarsus. That man was way up there in education. The man was way up there in status. But he was not in common with God. He was, uh, he had to adjust to get in sync with the common denominator, which is God Himself. He wasn't in, in sync with, with the Lord. And, and so Paul said this, when the Lord got a hold of him and realized, I have got to adjust to fit in with God as the common denominator to all mankind. Common denominator, if a number doesn't fit, that won't go compatible with that number, then it is a wrong number regarding that common denominator. And God is the common denominator for all mankind. So Paul in Philippians 3.8 said, And I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom 
I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung that I may win Christ. He fit. He said, I'm going to make this happen. I am going to hear the Lord all the way through, and I'm going to do whatever's necessary so I can be among those that heard him gladly. Oh, thank God. And you know, if, if we're not, if, if a person does not fit in God's common denominator, they've got to change their number. They have a wrong number. It's not going to fit. And so people that might be able to start to hear the Lord part way, but yet we want to hear the Lord gladly. And we're told the common people, we can start thinking, what does that mean? The common people, they had the right, their number, so to speak, fit in the common denominator of God. And so, uh, you know, we're, we're, the best sense, type of reasoning sense, the best kind of sense that even wisdom has to spring from is called common sense. Thank God for common sense. Wisdom cannot go anywhere if it doesn't begin with common sense. And common sense is is a very important element. In fact, the closer we come to the Lord's return, it seems common sense is more scarce. Sometimes you wonder, where is the common sense? But thank God that, I, I, you know, we think, well, common sense, common sense is not as common as it ought to be. But thank God we can have not only common sense, we can, good common sense is look unto the Lord and hear the Lord gladly. That's good common sense. The common people heard him gladly. We can put a lot of definitions into that word, word common is powerful, is packed. It can go all over the map. We, the motto of this very organization is we, we cling to that verse in Jude, earnestly contend for the faith. That was once delivered unto the saints. That's a marvelous verse. Found in Jude 3. And it's a marvelous verse, but what, what is that really all about? Earnestly contend for the faith. What is that whole verse? Let's read it. Jude 3. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation. It is needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. That's common. The earnestly contending for the faith stems from having to do with God's common faith. And when, when the writer, when Jude was talking about, when, I, when I'm thinking about and talking about and proclaiming the common salvation. It's earnest, it's, it's expedient, needful. They exhort you to earnestly contend for faith to do with the common salvation. Otherwise, what is faith? But it's grounded in common salvation. 
that does everything. And there, there might be knockoffs. There might be things of different kinds, but they won't do the job of common salvation. There is only one kind of common salvation. One kind of salvation is God's. The kind that changes the heart. The, t- the kind that really does a work in one's life. People can talk about different kinds of acceptance or t- different types of belief, but I hope they're talking about God's common salvation. That's where the, our faith needs to be stemmed in. In this common salvation, in Acts 4.12 says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Our faith is in God's common salvation. Our common hearing and hearing the Lord gladly is all centered in the same thing, the, the common denominator of God. And God's Word and His truth and all that it means. And you know, as the disciples and the Lord left, we read in Acts, and He promised them to go to the upper room and tarry till they'd be endued with power from on high. They were contending earnestly in prayer. They received God's common salvation. They were sanctified. Then they received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Following this faith of God's common salvation. And you know what it says then in Acts? It says, as they all came together, it said, they had all things common. All things common. So it's a good question. Say, Lord, am I common enough to hear you? And Lord, better yet, am I common enough to hear you all the way with everything you have to tell me, everything you have to speak to my heart, to still to hear you gladly? Oh, what a glorious gospel. This is the key to it all. The common people, whatever that common really all means. It means far more than even someone that just happens to be poor and not have as many luxuries or something like that. Far more than that. This one and only kind of common faith on God's common salvation that would hear the Lord all the way through and not stop and turn away sorrowful, but still hang in there and say, Lord, I'm hearing you gladly. Whatever you have to tell me, I thank you for the words of life that just speak to my soul. And all thank God, that's where the victory is. And all we, the Lord was always ready to help us all the time. This very night, His word is true, holds true. We stand and sing Psalm 613, and you're invited to come and pray.